great we are live so the first one for me is the bitcoin.org hackers steal seventeen thousand dollars in double your cash scam did you hear about that you heard about that right i'm sure yeah but it didn't look very much so so uh that's not much money like yeah the the DeFi scams Yeah, DeFi scams have issues with, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars and the Bitcoin.org hackers steal 17,000. Um, I think what, what I wanted to bring up to the discussion is just the notion of having this Bitcoin.org, right? Because Bitcoin.com is owned by uh, Roger Ver uh, from Bitcoin Cash. But uh, the Bitcoin.org has been, you know, I guess from the early days, the the organization right like where where things are not um you know for profit it's not a company it's a dot org website that's kind of the idea that it, it tries to portray uh but yeah. someone owns that thing right Some, someone has the rights to it um yeah. and so e- even in the scenario where it isn't hackers like that person whole whoever that is holds quite a bit of of sway right if they can just put uh uh you know faulty software or or just know one of these scams uh and within like a couple hours get a couple hundred thousand dollars right yeah How, like and they, they I, could like they i i read someone saying that instead of doing a, an obvious scam they could have just replaced the the downloads for the for bitcoin core and stuff like exactly that. yeah that's that's True. even the, the easiest one you change uh the bitcoin core uh you know binary with a, a fake one and voila the number of people that actually check signatures is tiny so yeah. it yeah i'm just glad it was an easy one but it's it it should be safe to assume that no one runs owns or or you know speaks on behalf of bitcoin not not that that wasn't clear and what about the bitcoin core repo so that that's interesting yeah how how do how do you think about that i don't know i think it's a yeah it's you think a, that's a, the the central place well there's a central place that shouldn't exist ideally but we we don't have a way to yeah it, the problem is that everything it's not even that bitcoin core is uh it, it's the fact that the metadata associated with the code base lives on github if all of that, you know, comments, the PRs and everything else was quote unquote on Git, right? Then it wouldn't matter. Um, but because it's like essentially a, a protocol, but, but it's on it GitHub. Also, it, it matters because there's the name, the name Bitcoin, the organization Bitcoin on, on GitHub and the, the repository that's owned by someone too. Even if GitHub wasn't, if, if GitHub was a perfect uh thing that would never scam us still the person owning that would could scam us that's fair yeah and and that's why it's it's so you know specific the people that get access to the repo to push code um but it also yeah it it's also like a honeypot sometimes i feel (laughs) you can just see who's committed code to it um yeah, it's it's an interesting. I think in the scenario where GitHub remains the main, you know, Git repository, whatever, um, for the future, then it, it it'll likely stay there. But in a scenario where it's not GitHub anymore, 
uh, I can totally see it moving from GitHub to whatever else uh, in the future. Just like how you know there there was all of this this issue on IRC um, because uh, you know someone took over the Freenet uh, IRC and, and started doing a bunch of random stuff. Uh, so they moved free node, sorry, not free net, uh, free node. Um, and, uh, and now they moved to this other, you know, I forgot what the name is, but, uh, yeah. I, I guess, yeah, I guess it's, it, 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 it does suck that it is on GitHub and that yeah, it's a central place. Uh, I think the, the repository is owned by Vladimir, right? Yes. And he, he said, uh, he said some, some months ago that he wanted it to be decentralized somehow. And there's this red call. Radical, I don't know the name of this thing. A thing that decentralizes the the access to to repositories. And oh wow! Yeah, but never heard of this. You don't know what it is. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a nice idea for a decentralized thing, and it looks like Nostr. <laughs> but yeah, but it's different. But they also have a material scam going there. But, oh, it was too I, good to be they, true. The core idea is, is good, and the people doing it, they're they're Bitcoiners, like they they're mostly Bitcoiners. They they talk shit about Ethereum, but it, they are doing things in Ethereum too. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, but what, the, what the is idea it called? Is good. Radical. Uh, Radical. Radical. I have to check it out. Yeah. He he started the, a repository there, and, but of course no one go no one went no one went there. It's like the network effect is. Is everything in right. all these things? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Nice, nice. So your turn. Yeah, uh, I'd like to talk about the, the, this this stateless invoices that used used. Who knows how to speak this name? <laughs> used used used. Uh, yeah. I posted to the to the mailing list. Uh, Lightning Dev basically proposing i don't know what he's proposing like he's just describing a scheme for generating stateless invoices that like you you have a secret and you use that to generate the 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 pre-image for the invoice and you don't have to store the, the invoice like you you hash the secret i don't know the whatever he describes here but it, it can be done in multiple ways, uh, it, such that when you know, you know, or node receive a payment later, you mm-hmm. check you check a secret that comes along with that invoice. Like the, the 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 payment comes with a payment hash, and it also comes with a, a that payment secret thing that they introduce later. And you could use that oh. to reconstruct the image from your the secret you have stored before. So you don't have to to keep track of all the pending invoices on a database like all the node implementations do today. And it's I don't know it's since you scale, cool. scale. I think it scales better. I uh, I didn't read all of it, um, <laughs> but the explanation you just gave me made sense because he says my my biggest question was going to be the first thing he mentioned, which is recipient doesn't know whom or what the payment is for, but you're saying that the payment will come uh, along with the payment hash. It's going to come with a, a new property secret, whatever. And no, you no. can use. Uh, yeah. No. no, he proposes having, having a new property that describes okay. what, what the payment's for. 
Okay. But but he also describes uh, generating the pre-image from maybe from that, but also it could be from the payment secret. There is a field that already exists. They introduced right. it when when introduced the MPP. They made this field, mm-hmm. and you could use that just to to keep track to to generate the pre-image. And I had implemented this implemented this on LNTX bot, but instead of using the payment secret, I used the the route route hints, and I made a a fake channel behind my node that didn't exist, <laughs> and my node received that payment with the next channel, like oh, forward this to the next channel. Right, that channel doesn't exist, and the data for that channel is actually the encoded ID for a for a pending transaction that I had on, on Redis, and <laughs> very so simple. I, very simple. Yeah. yeah, it's simple. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's even simpler with this payment secret thing because you don't have to have this fake channel stuff. And you can keep track of pending stuff on Redis instead of a... Right. Like, instead of vbols. Permanent database. Yeah. Yeah. And if you yeah, do... No. If you do... Like, this is good for DDoS stuff or someone just abusing your API or something like that. And you right. don't have... If you have, if you're using this, I I thought about it later. But if you're using just LNU Pay for everything, you don't have to keep track of like you don't have to issue invoices that have a long expiration time because you know that the person when they click OK on their wallet, the payment will go instantly. You don't like they they would uh, try to go to to pay instantly. Like they don't they don't they don't need time to think. Right. 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 I think this is cool because like it would allow for, well, it wouldn't necessarily allow for a static uh, QR code, but it would be a stateless in Bolt 11. That's kind of cool. I hadn't thought of it at all. When I skimmed it, I I didn't get this idea from it. Um, At at first I thought it was kind of hacky, but introducing a new property sounds easier, just like we did, just like they did with the payment secret, right? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't like introducing new things. <laughs> it requires <laughs> so you, everybody so you, to to integrate. You, you prefer to hack around route hints and fake channels in order to get the implementation right. Yeah, yeah. But if they introduce, you're okay. Yeah, but I, <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, this is cool. This is cool. Um, and I think, I think, I'll, like building on that. Uh, which is like, you know, stateless invoices would remove the burden from the database, right? Because every time you make an invoice, you're keeping track of it and so on. And one problem that a lot of large nodes have uh, are like their their database is massive and there's like gigs and gigs of unpaid, you know, unfulfilled, useless invoice data that means absolutely nothing. Um, and, you know, you're, you're having like the latest uh, LND comes up with um, comes out with a new CLI command for or new properties I guess for the delete payments or delete invoices or something just so, so we can clean it up more. Um, I know that we're doing database compaction like all the time. Um, so one of the cool things that uh, just got merged uh, eight days ago is the PR uh, on LND to support Postgres. Uh, now this is something that the bottle pay team, which is actually, it's, I just realized it's the same person it's used. Uh, so he's, uh, he's been working with the bottle pay team, uh, to introduce Postgres support. Uh, specifically, I think it's, 
I think this is just initial support. It's not you know, full, full blown, you know, everything. Um, but I think what's cool is uh, having Postgres means in theory uh, that, you know, static channel backups become much less important uh, because your data can be replicated in gazillion times in battle-tested databases, you know, and um, so that's one thing. But also, Postgres is much, much more performant than something like a Bbolt, right? And I think uh, there, are, you know, not only infrastructure-wise, it's easier to maintain and easier to, uh, um, you know, sort of like it, it's just much more battle-tested technology, and that scales much, much. Farther. Yeah, I think uh, it's because it's a server and dedicated to that, and Bboot is like just a file, and you're right. writing a file. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I think Bboot is, is is still better than SQLite. SQLite. SQLite is the most the biggest trash ever created. <laughs> okay. No, people love it, but I I, I only had bad experience with it. But, yeah, they love it for front end things. Yeah. yeah, but I think all, all the the both Eclair and LND and C Lightning they all started with these file databases, and then they all introduced Postgres. LND is the last one. <laughs> right, I agree. Yeah, so on on C Lightning it was it was actually the C Lightning folks that introduced it, as I understand it, and then LND it's the Bottle Pay team, and on uh, Eclair the first implementation was from the. Um, Oh my God, Chris Stewart uh, and Shared Bits. That's oh. what the team was. I almost forgot his name. Yeah, but yeah, they all, they all. I think they all thought these these nodes would be home stuff with few payments. I don't know. And then you think so? And then people realized that they needed better database for production setups. Yeah, I think if anything, the one I, I don't I can't speak for for Eclair because I don't know the code base that well. But my understanding of, of LND and C Lightning is that C Lightning is definitely built much more uh, to uh, you know support these sorts of changes later on um, because of their plugin uh, mm. sort of architecture. Or would you would you say no? Yeah, no, no. The Postgres thing was a big hack. They had to rewrite. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, then I take that back. <laughs> Now, now they have the now they have a, a way to add more more databases, but they had to rewrite everything from right. They right, had right. From SQLite. Interesting, yeah. And based on on Yust's, uh, uh you know, he has a, a blog post on Lightning Node performance, and I think uh, he's going to add Postgres uh, information there soon. Um, so it should be interesting to see because right now C Lightning with SQLite is the one that does most transactions per second at 61. Mm. More than C Lightning with Postgres. See, I don't have C. They don't, he doesn't. He hasn't done C Lightning with with Postgres right now. So there's definitely a few combinations missing. Mm. So we'll see. Still cool though. Yeah, good to see evolving the right direction. Uh, and then the just building on that, uh, what what I think is cool, and I'm still gonna, you know, I, I don't actually know how it works, but apparently, there's now a way to there's a new document called data migration that was merged in six days ago, that basically allows uh, the creates the describes the process of migrating LND's database state from one type of database to another, 
So you can move from Vbolt to etcd or Postgres, uh, which sounds kind of dangerous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, apparently there's a way to do that already. Yeah. Weird. Uh, no, no, no. That should should work. Should work. Oh, I'm sure it should work. It's just you know you're you're migrating your channel state and your your data like that going wrong. Of course, you should have backups and all and all and all. And I'm not saying you know people won't have backups. I'm just saying that is vital data that's being you know uh, migrated over to a whole new shape, I guess. So yeah, I migrated my node from uh, SQLite to Postgres on CLighting, and I wrote I wrote a command line to, to to do it but and then i had to keep track of some other people used it and i had to keep track of every time some they they had a migration screen uh, like on, on <laughs> lighting so i could go there on my two and add that new column in those wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah but I, I remember like one guy that came to the repo complaining because his, his sqlite database was super slow and so on and was destroying his node i think i i don't know but but i think it's the guy who had the big cache trash node which is the biggest c lightning node right yeah uh, it is the biggest c lightning node i don't know if it's this guy because it's anonymous and so on but i think it is and then i i i had to update things in a rush there and it worked for him so hmm. but after that i archive the repo because I don't want to just do... there there's a like there's a generic tool that migrates SQLite to Postgres maybe that could be used instead like nice. from people outside of lighting and stuff yeah. yeah 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 that's another thing like Postgres comes with a massive ecosystem and massive support right so it's quite nice to see it hopefully we can move our stuff to Postgres sometime soon <laughs> Like <laughs> six nodes. <laughs> uh, when, are right. you, when are you moving like to the stateless invoices? Oh, that needs to, that needs to be implemented first. That's too early, too early. Uh, okay. The other your thing, turn. Uh, no, just this ZMSCPXJ. <laughs> ZMSCPXJ. <Z-man. laughs> Yeah, everybody says yeah. email, but uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I am a guest. I think you should say the correct name. <laughs> he said this thing, ask first, shoot. No, ask first, shoot later. And basically proposing, like people, these people think it's cheap to change the protocol, but anyway, it's not a bad idea to for nodes to ask first if that route is okay before actually sending the HTOC. Because today you just send the HTOC and you don't know if the route is like if three channels later that thing will fail. And then the HTOCs have to be canceled. And all that is expensive and involves the risk of something bad happening in the channel closing. And just ask so on, first. So on every hop you ask or just on just the sender to their peers? I think the the sender asks to the first hop, the first hop asks to the next. Right, so, so every hop, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Didn't read everything because this guy writes too much. So, but <laughs> I think it's, I think it's this, and it's basically what the pro payments are 
people that, that the probes are, are doing today, which I think is very bad. Like it's right. just sending fake HTLCs everywhere all the time, and there's no way to prevent that because Lightning is very broken on this aspect. Yeah, we have we have a load of uh, what is it, unknown payment hash or something. There's an error that's basically like majority of the errors is essentially people probing through our channels, yeah. uh, which is which is unfortunate. Uh, we used to probe. We don't probe that in that way anymore. Yeah, that's good. And I think yeah. that that, um, that Node.js library for LND, it comes with probe, automatic probes and no one knows. Everybody just uses it blindly. Right. Uh, everybody they use a method me. called, yeah, they use a method called probe, right? And then oh. they're not, they're, no, I'm saying they, they're not like the, the library abstracts a method called, you know, probe invoice or something. And you just pass it in an invoice. And so behind the scenes, that's essentially what's happening, but the developers may not know. Okay, so when you say that normal payment doesn't probe, I don't think it. No, I, I mean, I, 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 I could be wrong because I'm not <laughs> looking at the code right now. But uh, it's not how I understand it and how I've used it. Uh, but there is a method. It does export a method called probe route or probe invoice or something. Hmm. And if you pass a, a an LNBC a bolt eleven in there, uh, it will attempt to essentially it, it'll send a fake payment, basically. Yeah. Yeah. This is interesting. I mean, doesn't that add a ton of, uh, well, I don't know if it would like latency because now you're, uh, you're, you're sort of back and forth. Well, same as probes. Hop. I think it's same as probes, but, uh, yeah, a little, a little, a little more efficient than browser because you don't have to sign Bitcoin transactions. Right. <laughs> That's true. But it's, cool. also, it's also like a, a bloating the protocol. <laughs> right. It's like an onion message, but it's very specific. And then one month later, someone will come up with a new thing that has to be sent. Like the <laughs> stuckless payment stuff. I don't know how, how that will be done if someone will have done do, do it. Right. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Nice. Nice, nice. Um... So my one was actually one that you also picked, my last one. Um, so maybe I'll just describe it and then you can talk about it because I, I feel like you're probably closer to it than I am. No, um, you're, you're the your guy. <laughs> no, no, just just slightly address. Um, so Ben Ark, uh, who you may know from uh, his, uh, what are they called? He, he creates these really cool uh, relatively cheap to build, uh, you know, little gadgets, uh, powering lightning, uh, essentially like point of sale, uh, little toolkits. Uh, I've, I've built one called using this thing called an M5 stack. Um, and basically it puts all of this open source and the, the one that he just created and put out, which I think has gone viral, uh, it's got like 40,000 views. So it's, it's gone viral at this point. Um, Essentially, what 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 he did is he created a very cheap, you know, he says it's less than ten bucks, uh, point of sale, uh, tool, you know, toolkit uh, with this, essentially with this thing that he's calling LNURL POS point of sale, <clears throat> and he powers that point of sale uh, with it's an offline wallet like that point of sale doesn't have Bitcoin, it doesn't have a, a key, it doesn't have anything. It's just an interface, uh, and it's connected to an LN bits. 
wallet in the back end. Of course, you could modify the software to be, I imagine, to power it with any other LNURL interface. Um, so if you were using a provider or your own server, you could probably make that change relatively easily. Um, but he's able to create a point of sale that is offline. It shows a QR code that is very easily readable because it's an LNURL pay. Um, and, and like the entire process is seamless and he receives the funds immediately on LN bits, uh, which I think is, and it's less than 10 bucks. Uh, so like you really just need to watch the tutorial. It's two minutes, uh, but it's super, super cool. And he's always making these things. I think it's awesome. Yeah. And there's also a confirmation thing, right? Uh, oh yeah. I forgot about that. that you, yeah. That you, I How does know, that work? Uh, I think it's like the Google Auth stuff, like the Google Authenticator. Oh, TOTP. TFA, TFA stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So how did so at the at the very end, uh, the way it maintains this offline state, I guess, is uh, once the payer scans the QR code and makes the payment, uh, the, in LNURL Pay, there's this pro, there's this thing called a success action, which is at the very end when you complete the payment. Uh, the server will basically return the information to you with a, with a message attached to it in this success action. Uh, and then the wallet will usually display that. Uh, so it shows as, as a message, you know, in the success screen. Um, so Ben use, seems to have been using this TOTP time-based authentication. Guessing, yeah. Right. <laughs> and then, and then basically what that means is it shows a four digit code on the wallet. And then on the point of sale, you click a button. And it shows you the same, uh, the same four digits, and so you basically know exactly at that time that that payer just made the payment, right, for that one specific product or whatever you, you sold to them. Uh, that was that was pretty ingenious. I, I once you mentioned it now, I, I remembered it. Yeah, it's pretty cool with digits. Yeah, yeah, El Salvador. People yeah. without computers can use Lightning. Oh, it must be 10 if, bucks. Yeah. If Chivo Wallet and Strike support paying to have your pay. <laughs> yeah, that is true. And I feel like Galo uh, Bitcoin Beach Wallet also doesn't support it, does it? Actually, no, they do because they have, I think I they think, do. I think they started they started implementing, but I don't know if, if what happened. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think, should, I think it's awesome it. to see. I think this is, we, we talked about this in the last uh, conversation, which was, uh, you know, your vision, your grand vision when creating the LNURL pay protocol was that it was going to be used for stuff like this and not for, yeah. you know, some, some petty things that have been used in the past. Uh, so it's good that it's, it's seeing adoption this way. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Check it out. Apparently he's going to be uh, adopting Bitcoin El Salvador to talk about this. Are you going to? No, uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to Atlanta and uh, TabConf in November. And oh, then... a shitcoin conference called TabConf. <laughs> no, no, it's only Bitcoin. Um, but yeah, no, I wish I wish I was going to El Salvador. We need to get some Zebedee folks in El Salvador. So you could have built Chivo. So I got this like diagram of the Chivo wallet architecture. I don't know if it's, have you is seen it real? It? I don't know. I don't know if it's real, but why, <laughs> I don't know. Why would people lie about so many boring things that are in this diagram? I don't know, but it says that Athena is the one operating everything. 
like the ATMs, the wallets, the servers. Um, is that a big company? Athena? I don't know. I think it's an ATM company from the US. I, I, I don't know. I don't know this company, but people seem to know the name. Hmm. So the fact that it's the same company doing everything and the things don't even talk to each other makes it. <laughs> so the short. entire thing. So I'm looking at it here. So he's got Cypher Trace, Elliptic. Then he's got um, Binance, Coinbase, and Bitso. Yeah, but it is. Uh, yeah, there's a, those are sort for exchanging custody. And then yeah, but... SMS, he's got Twilio. The part that matters, okay, Athena is the lightning on-chain. Oh, they have liquid asterisk. What'd you make of that? Liquid what? What you're saying? They say, it says Athena. Entrada, salida, lightning, on-chain, liquid asterisk. Wow. Yeah. The asterisk Block. must, must be like not implemented yet <laughs> yeah blockstream coming in heavy here um yeah this is this is interesting man i mean at least they're using aws but i i think it's it's what you mentioned last time if athena is just not just but if they are an atm company that's been doing on chain and then to be completely shoved into this new project uh if they didn't have uh you know lightning experience in the past rolling this out for what three million people in the span of four months like that's no small feat and uh, i'm not saying yeah. they failed on it i'm you know it's still running it seems like it's running from what i hear but yeah. uh it seems like they got quite a few things uh unfortunately wrong yeah the same things that all custodial providers have gotten wrong but they got a <laughs> much bigger scale because they didn't have time to have these bugs with your users i wonder if they created a whole team i mean they must have created rolled out a whole team in the company whose sole job for the foreseeable future is just overseeing you know el salvador uh which is which is you know good for them i guess um yeah it's it's interesting because i thought you know there were reports and tweets and discussions about how bitgo uh, was powering something uh, for Chivo. Uh, I at first I thought it was Lightning, but I, I, they don't do any Lightning, so it doesn't make sense. Um, maybe it was custody, but here it says it's Bitso uh, and Binance. They're doing custody. If if this is real, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I also That's... haven't heard of Athena in in the Lightning space. Like I think. I think we would have heard of them, right? Yeah. Of the company the, if they were. The ATMs are only on chain, which is weird. Right. And right. Bad. But if, if it's the same company, if this is true, and the same company is doing the Lightning stuff on the wallet, then maybe they would add Lightning later to the ATMs. I don't know. I, I think thing. that's, yeah, I think it's what, what we mentioned too, is I was asking whether we this was planned for like months and potentially year and, and, and like most likely not, right? So I think they probably made a call and said, look, the ATMs are running fine right now and they run perfectly fine. We're not going to touch them. We're going to fix the rest first. We're going to do the rest first and then we're going to roll it out and then we'll do the ATMs later. So maybe that's the approach. Yeah. Um, and when is, where, where is your support on this? <laughs> We need to get we need to get more providers on LNURL. Uh, if they put the code on GitHub, we can implement for them. 
<laughs> push push a PR to them. Uh, that'd be great to to their core infrastructure to be like, here's an LNUL server. It'll solve all your problems. Uh, it it would you know it would though. What's funny is that it would uh, it would solve a lot of problems because in that, remember in the beginning they had user information on the description of the invoice. <laughs> Uh, and they could just bypass that, right? They could just use an LNUL pay server, which, you know, they already are a provider custodial um, and just have a username attached to that user or even an ID attached to that user. And voila, you have a static QR oh, code. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's no need to to know where the money's coming from, who's sending, you know, like you have a very defined um, entry yeah, they point. Don't, so. They don't need that on the invoices anyway, right? They could, they could have. They don't a, need it. Yeah. They could yeah. start everything in the database and. No, they yeah. just need to put an identifier on the invoice description. Done. Yeah. The invoice already has an identifier. The payment hash is an identifier. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So there's ways and ways. Hopefully they will continue improving though. Um, I I would hate for it to. To continue seeing problems like I, it always kills me a little bit when I see a video from El Salvador and someone having problems. Yeah, it's I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, uh, hopefully one day we'll go there and see what it's like when, when the the streets accept Bitcoin. I've I've always been curious what that feeling is like. Yeah. Um, Wow, we've been going for 33 minutes. Let's kill it. Let's stop this. <laughs> okay, okay. Nice. Okay, what's the block height? It is. It's a tradition now. We have to do the block height. <laughs> yeah, it means nothing. We, have to we need to hash. know. We need to know what. What time of the? What time of the? You know, the block time is kind of the block height is like the time. It's a timestamp. You want me to say the block hash? It starts with zero zero. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it ends in 862B22 block 702777. Beautiful. At All right, this let's point, everybody has turned it off already. <laughs> okay. Probably. Bye. All right. Bye.